Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Yes. Isn't that right? <laughs> There's a dog on the other end you guys can't see, but she's been barking. She's been very welcoming of you coming on the show. <laughs> so why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and who you are and uh, what you're all about? Uh, my name is Poria Costell. I am uh, a 28-year-old loser who lives in uh, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I teach jujitsu. That's kind of like my main passion. Uh, I'm currently trying to pursue you know, a career in law enforcement. I'm trying to juggle the idea of doing both. I'd love to open up like an academy or teach or really more so compete kind of like professionally. That's kind of where I'd like to go. It's just for martial arts, for martial arts, for uh, originally I started with Muay Thai. Mm -hmm. So I did Muay Thai and taught Muay Thai for years. I still teach, uh, but I've kind of made more of a transition the last couple of years of really just focusing on uh, grappling mm. and wrestling and stuff like that. And I find it uh, both more applicable to law enforcement because I can't just mm -hmm. roundhouse kick everyone, unfortunately. But I can, uh, because of it, I've actually started to garner a little bit more like, uh, of like, not, I don't want to say necessarily a passion for it, but more of, and I'm sure you see it too in all your different like ventures. You're like, oh, the more I'm doing this, I can see more of a path of mm -hmm. may maybe making myself of something or at least making something of it. A hundred percent. You know, so. Yeah, yeah. And it, I find like jujitsu is so like more, it's a lot more sought after because there's a lot of striking academies. Mm. and But to have like a good jujitsu coach, it's like hard to find because I don't know, I've, I've been to different gyms and mm -hmm. like one gym I went and like the guy who was teaching the class wasn't great. Mm -hmm. And it kind of reflected on the students like that. And I was a beginner and I was just like, you know, like I'm not like a great grappler, but e even for me, like I'm like, oh, this, like I've had good instruction, right. you know, which is why, you know, I'm, maybe doing a little better like during the, the rules. But uh, I find jujitsu is a lot harder to, to like, to get a grasp of, you know? Yes, yeah. And I think too, the issue is, is because it's so wide mm -hmm. and spectrum, like what you can learn. The issue is, is that what you'll see and you, you'll, you, you found it was that when you're blessed with having good instruction, you can't really go back. Mm -hmm. When you see someone who's just showing a technique and it's, completely in a vacuum you're like okay well like what is this especially for a beginner's class like you need yeah. to have like i would never teach you anything with fine details first mm -hmm. i teach you the broad kind of general idea and work our way in mm -hmm. and sometimes with jujitsu you get instructors who are maybe good at jujitsu but weren't don't really take the time to be a good instructor mm -hmm. and so they just teach you moves that they're good at mm. or their style that they're good at and they teach they have like you i see it all the time like i'm like a set of like 20 things that they're decent at and they just teach it over and over maybe they you know throw something else in there or mm -hmm. something cool happen but they do like the thing that they're like most known for like they always get that submission mm -hmm. kind of thing and it's and, and it, it's certainly understandable from the like physical aspect of it like if you didn't like let's say working out for example or even if you did but you didn't have a plan when you went to the gym, mm -hmm. more than likely you're gonna just do the same thing you do all the time. Mm -hmm. That's why you see dudes who just do bench. Yeah. You might not like the skill of learning the squat. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the same kind of idea when they don't have a set plan of what they wanna teach or fun. Or I know it's, you wanna have fun and it's jujitsu and it's all this cool shit, but it, there needs to be some sort of a curriculum involved. Mm -hmm. And so when they don't have that, they just regurgitate the same thing that they've been doing for their entire career yeah and you kind of notice that too sometimes you're just like oh like i feel like i'm being taught by a dummy you know yeah yeah, yeah like no, totally. as opposed to like 
when I'm sitting in like, you know, the jujitsu class at, you know, um, 10th planet, like with, uh, you know, you and Micah, I sometimes I'm like, I feel like I'm in a math class, you know, and I, it's like calculus. I don't understand shit, but it's good because like, I'm like, okay, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to learn, you know, I'm going to mm -hmm. break past this. But when it's like a different person, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, not the different person, but you know what I mean? It, no, it, totally. There's it, those people that don't translate as well, you know? No, sir. And I, and we were talking about it like off camera, but like the, I guess the similarities between that and music like music you can listen to music a new form of music that you've never listened to and it can go like one of three ways you either feel it mm -hmm. you kind of like uh maybe you feel the music or you feel or you you're not necessarily listening to the lyrics as, as much but you feel let's say the music and how it it it, it reacts to you or yeah the music makes you think you know that's the initial kind of thought and it comes in layers or when you get the kind of best of both worlds and something makes you think and it makes you feel like off the bat let's mm -hmm. say that's when i think everything starts lighting up and when you get especially when it comes to like uh physical exercise you don't want it you want it to be stimulating but not overly stimulating mm -hmm. where it burns people out you want it to be difficult but you don't want it to be anxiety inducing difficult mm -hmm. you want that flow mm -hmm. it's the same thing when you're playing you you know it. Everyone in the room knows it when they're jamming. Shit, sh whatever the shit's flowing, it's flowing yeah. well. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, and trying to catch that, at, like lightning in a bottle, it's difficult, but it, it it's the it's the sport at its best. Mm -hmm. You know, it's and that takes time to kind of yes build up to that. Like when you're learning how to play an instrument, it's like you can't just start jamming and being in the flow of it without knowing yeah. the steps to it. You know, totally, totally. It's uh the same way you would have like technique that you would you would try to learn and then you have a tactical thing to do in a match mm -hmm. it's the same thing with music you want to learn you know the, the scales what's a note <laughs> yeah. you know how, how to make things play and sound right but then you have to use that basis to then have a tactic with a song mm -hmm. like this guy's playing in e i'm gonna fuck around with something in e or this yeah. this works with that or he's at this tempo and you know as a bass player i gotta lock in with him but I know enough to like do little thrills and trills and mm -hmm. and let you know the 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 guitarist and the singer kind of you know go all over it and make it sound beautiful and you have to kind of adapt to that on the fly. Yeah, part of that is like I always for because since I've been doing more Muay Thai, I like try to remind myself. And when I watch fights, it's like okay, this is like a disciplined fighter. And it, when you say discipline, it doesn't mean like they show up to like, you know, exercise and uh, mm -hmm. train all the time. It means like when they're there, they're, they come in with like a set of moves and plans. I'm not going to fuck around. Like one person who I saw kind of like lost that discipline was like Tony Ferguson when he was just mm -hmm. doing random shit all over mm -hmm. the place. Like, you know, he's, he's just going for uh, weird stuff, but and like the opposite of that is like Justin Gagey, who kind of like stood his ground right. and was doing the one twos and stuff. Kicks, yeah. discipline would kick. Yeah, you're you're just disciplining yourself, so it's mm. like the same kind of thing. I think you know, it's like telling yourself that uh, you know I'm not gonna go too do, do something too yeah. crazy. I'm I'm just gonna do what works, you know. No, totally. And you, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with like Jocko Willick. Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's legit that it's the. Uh, like the discipline comes or the freedom comes from the discipline like a dog for example mm -hmm. the most free dog is a disciplined dog mm. the ones that can be off leash the one that knows to like when a when you see these crazy videos of a guy's like stay and he walks like 
That's from so a true. German Shepherd, and he walks like 50 meters away. That dog is free. I never thought of that. You know, that dog is as free as fuck, but yeah. it's incredibly disciplined. Mm. You know, and it's you want to be like that, and, it, and I think that's why we relate to, especially dogs, the most. We evolved with them, and so a lot of things we can see analogous to them. So it's like when they're resisting the urge to to jump or to have their thrills, it's like there's a better. It, it sucks at the start because you're seeing this, you know, puppy that wants to do whatever, but you're like, mm -hmm. if I put it in its place, so to speak, it'll be happier in the long run for mm -hmm. it. And so yeah. that's the same thing with Tony, where it's like. <clears throat> Or uh, where it's like, uh, you know, if you just did a little less of the spinning shit. Yeah. And had a nicer jab, mm -hmm. that spinning shit would work nicer. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so yeah. It's like, exactly. But uh, when you live up to like that reputation of being the boogeyman or whatever, it's like, you like, no, I'm that guy. I'm that. It's yeah, like yeah. the ego kind of takes over and you're not able to perform. Yes. I'm know? him, as they say now. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, hear exactly. that now. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're, you're only as good as uh, the fight you're in right now. You yeah. Know? Not yeah, yeah. the last 11 fights. Yeah. And it's all those like mental hurdles we put like. I guess like on ourselves macro and micro levels mm -hmm. like oh I can't do this career or I can't do this because that's not myself like, who gives a <clears> shit <throat> you're there is no you mm -hmm. you are like five years from now you're a completely different you five years ago you were a completely different you mm -hmm. so it's true you know it's safe to say that five minutes from now I'll be a completely different me we'll see we'll see we're gonna get deep here dude yeah, yeah. we're gonna listen to some uh, propaganda <laughs> but um, I must say this is dope that oh. little the little lights there. Little lights. Thanks, That's man. dope. Thank you. Yeah, a friend of mine, he, he got really into the podcasting and like the, and I, he's like, you know, he got one of these and I'm like, damn, like got to step it up, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and it wasn't that big of an investment, you know? I'm just like, just makes it a little more legit, you know? And the fact that it's your full name, yeah. it'll never not be in style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you did something where it's like, oh, fucking giant Pokemon killer, like yeah, yeah. maybe that might not yeah. be worth the investment. That looks cool can have it all the time i'm sure your parents think it's cool yeah yeah i, I was thinking of doing the cheyenne show but i'm like what if like it's not you know what i mean <laughs> you just like <laughs> next week you're like fuck i have a better name yeah exactly <laughs> there you go you know but the the name it's like it's like it is what it is you know yeah. it sticks around but um so you do competitions right yes yes i compete fairly regularly in the um ontario circuit mm. uh especially this last like couple months pretty much I'm trying to get my name out there as much as possible. Mainly jujitsu, right? Mainly jujitsu. I my plan is because I never got to actually compete in Muay Thai. I had like mm -hmm. three fights lined up. COVID or something? Yeah, not even COVID. So back in the day, uh, Ontario Muay Thai was very different than how it is now. Mm -hmm. Like I'm talking like even just five six years ago, it was like no fights would go on. the The commission was unbelievably, unbelievably strict. They, we would never essentially have shows. If you were doing Muay Thai in Ontario, you would fight in Buffalo. Mm -hmm. That was like the thing because it's closer than Quebec. Oh and then God. Quebec went to shit. Quebec, I don't know if you've like paid it. Quebec's like... Uh, is it still in shit? No, because it's not because I know there's Montreal Fight League. There's Montreal Fight League now, but like grappling is now... Yeah. Like, really? Basically. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever heard of like grappling. Most of the shows, I think now they're starting to get like random super fights, but there was it was illegal for the longest time. Really? So it was very odd. And uh, long story short, I had like two fights uh the show literally just didn't happen they canceled mm. the show really all right, well, I guess that's and you're like already you yeah, yeah, yeah oh, no. one of them was six weeks out one of them was three weeks out so like you're in it and then one i actually it was my fault i got pneumonia mm. and so like i just 
that was your like, fault for getting yeah, sick. For getting sick. <laughs> it was my fault for um, I took care of an ex girlfriend who oh. had a flu. She got better, broke up with me as I was feeling kind of bad myself. Oh my god! Like in my bed, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And long story short, I guess her. I don't know if taking care of her like plummeted my immune system. I got pneumonia like the next day. Oh my god! So I was like breaking up with her. Uh, she broke up with you. She broke up with me. You, got, you were sick while I was getting sick with pneumonia. That so that probably, probably like brought it. your immune system down. Oh yeah. I feel like uh, yeah, you like some people like they they actually like their immune system goes down and oh, totally. I mean, a lot of people. I, most oh totally. People, she was. You just feel like tired. Shit. Depressed. She was. Uh, she was my first like real girlfriend. I'm talking about Street Studio. Street Studio is the best podcast platform that is out there today. There is no podcast platform like Stream Studio. I mean, anytime I wanted to make a podcast before, I'd, I'd open up my computer, I'd put on, turn on my camera, and it's just like everything was all over the place. But Stream has allowed me to make everything in one destination. So, I mean, it's made my life way easier and it's allowed me to focus on making my podcast, having good conversations, then trying to figure out all this technical stuff. I mean, seriously, how many times have you tried to make your podcast um, with an individual or by yourself, but you're not even talking, you're, you're, you're thinking about everything that's going wrong with the tech. Oh my God, is the camera recording? Is the microphone recording? Is the volume high enough? You don't have to worry about a single thing when it comes to Stream Studio. They handle all that technical stuff so you don't have to worry. So go on stream.studio today, put in your email, and you'll get a code. And bada bing, bada boom, you can start your podcast today. Stream Studio is amazing. Yeah. So it was like two, three, two years in, like my first serious, mm. you know, old friend for a long time. So I was like, uh, but I was literally feeling so shitty. That like when it happened, I was like, okay, and then it's just, <laughs> and that was probably the closest I ever felt to like dying. Mm. Like actually, I, I think it was like one hundred and thirty something pounds, and then I lost. Like, oh my god, twelve pounds. Damn. I was always I, I weigh like one seventy now, but I've been progressively trying to lift and put on weight. Okay, so I was always kind of a light guy, but then when I lost like fifteen pounds, I was like. That legitimately felt like, oh, I might actually like, not come back from this. Were, were you in your 20s or like more teens? Uh, Early 20s. Early 20s. My, I've just kind of, and I've noticed it. I'm fortunate that I have like two much older brothers, like one's seven years and yeah. one's nine years older than me. So I can kind of see like the way their bodies developed. And once they hit like their mid 20s is when they kind of just started putting on size. Yeah. And that's kind of, I've, I've just always been like a late bloomer mm. with like everything to be honest. And so, uh, yeah, lately... Last couple of years is especially with COVID. I bought like a gym. I spent countless hours scouring for stuff, buying mm -hmm. stuff, and in that time, from uh, for like like that two year span, I was just lifting a lot in my garage. It's cool. Yeah. yeah, you've been on like a YouTube regimen or something or what? Yeah, you know, I always was fascinated with kind of like lifting. Mm -hmm. uh, I think especially with MMA or martial arts in general, it's such a like hyper study of like the body mm -hmm. and the mind. So I was always really into like nutrition and stuff like that. Not necessarily the best way in nutrition, but uh, I was always kind of into that type of stuff. And uh, I just never had the time to just lift. Mm. It was always very supplementary. So it's very difficult to get really, you know, deep into it because it's very physically taxing. And it's hard too, because like, I mean, you know, uh, for those of you don't, who don't know, like he's also Persian. Yeah. So what do we we eat rice like every day, every day, every day. So that's every carbs every day, every single. What is day. that like 
2,000 calories probably a meal or something. And it's the worst part is, is like we eat like heavy stuff. Yeah. We eat like stuff that satiates you so fast. Yeah. A lot of oil. Oil too. and butter. Yeah. And they like they just don't understand like why would you not just douse this in it's, butter it's, and oil. It's all about the, the delicacy. The delicacy. You know, the, the, the deliciousness. And it takes it. like six hours to make every meal. Yeah. Yeah. Like no one could just make like a, there's, no, <laughs> there's no I've never heard of a quick Persian meal. No. No. no you know what it's I mean? It's always like uh, get it ready. You you get know? it ready. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, you didn't I have to call I have to call my mom like two hours in advance to be like yeah I'm coming home and eating. Yeah. <laughs> oh they get so mad Persian moms. Oh dude. Yeah. I, I have to tell her I'm like I'm coming home. Okay. <laughs> She's like okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I'm just thinking all the times like she called me angry, you know, my mom, because I'm not coming home or like it's, I, you know, I, I'm gonna eat it later. She's yeah. like, no, we have to eat it together. No. You know? yeah. be like, mom, just make it and leave it there. No, it has to be fresh. Yeah. Why? Who said this? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. Who made this rule? But that's uh, you know, we gotta respect them. We gotta no, respect them. I, res- I respect. I. Our I moms have been through a lot, you know, and that's kind of like. Something like we're, we're going to talk about today is just like what's going on in Iran with yeah. women and stuff. And, uh, um, you know, like for those of you don't, who don't know, um, well, most of you probably know. There's, <laughs> you haven't been on the Internet. <laughs> yeah. There was a 22 uh, year old uh, a girl called Masha Amini. Um, and a couple weeks back, she was killed because she um, went out and protested and. She also, I think she took off her hijab. Was that a part of it? Yeah, she just didn't have it on correctly. She had it on. For anyone in Iran, they're very, like, loose with it as is. Yeah. So that's the issue. It's that the morality police, that regiment, I guess, if you want to call it, everything that they do is up to interpretation. Yeah, my bad. I don't think she was protesting. I think she she not yet. protests. Yes, yes. Because of that. It was like, as a consequence of her death, the protests started coming. And it's been pretty crazy because... I mean, every couple of years, there's something that's going on. There's like the green movement that happened yeah. in 2009. And then I think in 2014 and then also 2017, 18. And it's also it's always been like building up a little yeah. little more. You know, it's like chipping away because everyone feels divided. Even Muslim people like they're like, well, fuck, I haven't been e- been able to eat food. Why do I care about your government if you're not taking care of me? You yeah. know? So it's kind of progressing to a big point, you know. No, totally. And it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's just in our lifetime, over and over. For those who don't know, 2009 was probably like the most, the biggest one, the green movement. Yeah. And the literal reason that ended, do you remember? It was because uh, Mosafi or whatever? No, not even that, not even just that, but like what people kind of like forget when that was happening was getting momentum. Momentum was always on CNN. And then Michael Jackson died. Oh my God. And nobody gave a fuck. Really? If you go look back and it's like, we're I, we completely forgot about it. Wow. Because that was such a monumental moment too. And like, even as Iranian Canadians, we're just like, "Fuck, bro, Michael Jackson." Died. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. it's like, yeah. shit, dude, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Do you think they killed him? Like, it was just always that. And now this is the this has been such a difference maker because it unfortunately it was a, a woman being killed for literally just being a woman. So because of that. Iranian women have gone up to the forefront and historically that was always kind of the issue mm-hmm. so like when we look at like a lot of these protests not to not to say women didn't die I, I, I there was one um, woman I forgot her name but Neda 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 for freedom she was like uh, bleeding yeah. from her eyes yeah that was yes, her yeah, that's, yeah, she was shot in the she, face yeah that was a I think that was 2012 or 13 something, something like that and like 
that was she became kind of like a martyr for a while but yeah. then you know legi- legitimately like what they do is like evil empire shit mm-hmm. they shoot kids in streets they shoot people just indiscriminately even like, athletes like the wrestler yeah. who died dana white was trying to get trump to sign him get him out of uh you know the execution or whatever yeah he had tons of support within the wrestling community yeah and legit it, it like snowballed and they were like no we're, we're gonna kill him anyways it's crazy and it's the most wild and the crazy part is they impres- imprisoned his brothers mm. so his brothers are imprisoned for like 35 years mom ended up killing herself wow yeah really? that's the part people forget yeah so it's like geez and like i don't blame her like her her yeah her three sons one is killed two are she's never gonna see again because she's that's three like, sons that's a lot it's gone. yeah like, so she ended up uh killing herself and yeah, like I've never seen so much support for this protest. Mm-hmm. Like usually, it's kind of like out of sight, out of mind. I think a large part of it is because you see everywhere people economically are just so strained. Iran specifically, mm-hmm. or especially. Mm-hmm. You add COVID with that. You add the fact that it's just getting worse. You add the fact that uh, we've gone through like a couple like waves in the Western world of like feminism. Mm-hmm. And different things and fortunately even though some of the, uh, it seems like a lot of women a lot of so-called feminists have been like uh, absurdly quiet about this like mm-hmm. uh, like three that come to mind are like Oprah Michelle Obama and Kamala Harris mm-hmm. who have like probably the most clout like women clout right now mm-hmm. they haven't really say it, said shit but mm-hmm. I guess because of uh, you know especially like me too and this that the other this is really garnered a lot of attention and even though the cynical part of me is like, you know, this isn't just like a feminist movement, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm trying to explain it, but like, it's good, but like, a lot of people have been getting killed. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they threw, I'm sure, you know, like, they throw like gay dudes off of cranes. Yeah. In front of their family as well, like punishment for being that's gay. That's kind it's of like, like, come on, man. It's the same thought process I have. It's like, uh, because, you know, in the West, we've been getting more serious about these issues. At least the media has been getting more serious about uh, people being held accountable for, you know, being either misogynistic or homophobic or whatever. And yeah, we're trying gross. to break yeah. down these barriers, which is, you know, not a bad thing. But when it comes to actual real oppression, then it's not just some like, you know, white girl who grew up in like a nice neighborhood yeah. and all of a sudden decides she wants to become like a blue hair whatever yeah, yeah, social yeah. justice warrior. she's wondering why are we all the female firefighters yes it's yeah. like that person is not actually oppressed you yeah know? yeah the, seriously the like the person who's oppressed is like people who are in war-torn countries and that are actually fighting for real opportunities to to live like a, a regular human being you mm-hmm. know and the fact that um you know that not a lot of people are coming out. Like now we've seen Gigi Hadid and yeah. some people. And I mean, in France, they're cutting their hair, some of these ladies, yeah. which is like, okay, good for you. You're cutting your hair. Yeah. You know, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel yeah, about the, yeah, the France yeah, cutting yeah, hair. Thing. I'm like, hey, you just keep but it. But it's something. Because it's like a little piece of hair they cut and it's like supposed to be like as if it's like a wow. Wow, wow. Shoot. I can't believe like, no, that. Wow. I like, feel like it's they're they're trying to make it more about themselves than course. the actual thing. You, you know? think like <laughs> I an Ayatollah is gonna see some French bitch cut <laughs> yeah. her hair and she's gonna be like, you know what, guys, we should stop. Yeah, yeah. We should really just stop. She, she cut, cut her, her hair. hair. Like no, bro, that's what I was. It's yeah. There's always that performative part of it. Yeah, but we'll take it. I'll you take know it. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Thank yeah. you for doing this. Yeah, you yeah. Know? It's super dope. Like, but uh, the, cool. the cynical part of me is like calling the bullshit. It's like, bro, like get the fuck out of here. No one's gonna do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I. But, yeah, it's just bad. That's the thing. The part of me is like the, the new leader Raizi, who's in charge. Part of me feels like they live for this shit. They live to like mow down their people because yeah. that's like, you know, anytime you hear about him, you hear about like his his killing streak. You know, as if like he's in MW two or something. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is his profile. You know, he's killed all these people. So now it's like his time to kind of rise up. But at the same time, it's like a period of. Uh, instability and whatever you know so it's weird you know yeah. and it's and it's odd because like some people will be like oh don't sanction them further because it's just gonna hurt like the um citizens although that could be true uh, argument can be made that all these sanctions years and years have mm -hmm. been eroding the regime so now you have all these people and especially how widespread it is now now it's in all 31 provinces like mm -hmm. that's wild for because for you know uh, just on context, Iran is very geographically segregated. So mm -hmm. what that means is like there are pockets of Iran that don't get the same water flow that through the rest of us. It's a very mountainous country. It's literally a plateau. Every inch of it is surrounded by a mountain. So it's to see people from every walk of a country that has a shit ton of different ethnicities, a shit ton of races, a shit ton of cultures come together for something is kind of wild that's the wild thing it's about true it. that's the really interesting you get kurds in the west with azeris in the north with persians and everywhere mm -hmm. with lures here and they're all coming together for something that's kind of wild yeah i mean i don't know too much but i think like when you're separated and you're in your own community like what's going on in the big city is not too big of a deal mm -hmm. because you know you're and like probably the people are nicer there too but if it's made it to those <laughs> places you know yeah. um then it must mean like even the muslims that are you know have been the loyalists who brought up the um 1979 khomeini you know because that's what happened in 1979 you know yeah. they kicked out the shah it was is because of the majority who was muslim yeah yeah you know and that's that's the thing too like uh especially with all this kind of happening going back and looking and their original idea was that they were just there was groups of people from communists to mm -hmm. imperialists to centrists to Muslims that were like, yo, we just kind of had enough of the Shah or the feeling that and broader context. The reason they felt this was because this was right after the oil embargo. Mm. So economically, Iran wasn't necessarily a great place, but certain people in Iran were in mm -hmm. an excellent place. Mm -hmm. And so the frustration boils down because you're like, yo, this dude's. Like, a Western puppet. A Western puppet. He's living this incredibly, like, pimped out life. Like, let's just be honest. Like, he has a fucking room that was like crystals. Yeah. Have you ever seen that room? That's the wildest thing in the world. And the the his wife would bathe in milk. Apparently, I don't know how that's, hygienic that is. I don't but... know. That's wild. That's. <laughs> I heard that. I heard. She that. didn't live long, so I guess it didn't really work. Okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah. So all this boils over, and then those people who are like, yes, uh, I want to have a change and why I need to riot and protest ended up getting fucked because those communists those centrists a lot of them got met. like there was mass killings yeah. after the revolution my dad was a one of the uh, my dad and my mom they're both the uh, part of the communist side I, mm. and I mean look like the uh, you know obviously people change it was stuff. a phase it was a phase yeah. my dad still is you know, he's a <laughs> contractor and lives pretty does pretty well for himself but um, that's the point is like you know, they had these beliefs to make a better country. Yes. And, you know, it's not like the internet where they could look up, like, Joseph Stalin killed 500 million people. Yeah, yeah, You're like, what the yeah. fuck? Yeah, but, um, so that, that, uh, they, a lot of them thought that if they team up with, 
the Muslims or whatever, it would kind of like trickle down and then mm-hmm. eventually someone would take power and, you know, it all gets sorted out. But that's not what happened. It no. was like, you know, they just bash their heads and, you know, they, they firing squads, yeah, yeah, killing yeah. all these people. Both my parents went to jail. Like my, my mom went to jail for six years and my dad went to jail for, I think, four years. And, and it's all because of their protests against yeah. this uh, tyrannical regime that is in place today. And it's know? crazy because like it sounds like that sounds unbelievable. Like, most people do not have parents that go to jail for like a couple of years, but that's like normal. Like you ask an average Iranian, <laughs> maybe not the average, but you ask most Iranian, how did you guys get here? And it's this crazy ass story about how they got here, there stowed away here bought this there and escaped this and now we're here all of all the stories are like that and it's like you become numb to it you're like yeah yeah and and meanwhile we're growing up here in like canada you know like me and you like we could have been fucked we could have i could have been in the military 100 we would have been in the military yeah i would have been some fucking loser being like this to the to a dirty wizard yeah the dirty wizard. The dirty exactly. wizard. That's what it, that's or what not. It, or we just be like, you know, holding it in and like trying to get a visa to leave. Yeah. You know? That's another thing. That's the wild part. It's how difficult it is for these people to like come mm-hmm. anywhere, to have a life. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of like what I think uh, makes us like, I don't know, because, you know, this has been a huge issue for like my parents' entire lives. I grew up with... Um, Iran being like a huge thing. I'm sure you did. Yeah, too, yeah, right? oh yeah, totally. Like you, because you, you only learn about it from them. You're not learning. This podcast is brought to you by Stream Studio. Stream Studio is one of the best podcast platforms that's out there today. We're using this right now to record the podcast. And honestly, if you want to learn how to podcast, if you want to make a podcast, it hasn't been easier than uh, with Stream Studio because Stream centralizes everything that you need to make a podcast into one. Uh, destination. So all you really need to do is go on stream.studio, put in your email, and then you'll get a code and bada bing, bada boom, you could start a podcast just as easy as that. I mean, there's so many people I know that are using Stream Studio today and it's got really cool features. You can go live on Facebook, YouTube, or anywhere you really want because there's a bunch of different partnerships that they have. And also Stream allows you to um, put effects in real time on your podcast so it's not like zoom where you know everything's bad quality and you don't have any control of anything stream is actually really good so if you want to use stream studio i think you really should you should switch over today stream studio is awesome from anywhere else yeah right so you you and then that's where you get that kind of like schism of like what you know about it what your parents know about it and what everyone else knows about it Mm -hmm. and then when you talk to them you're like that's not how it's like yeah it snows in iran Lots of Iran gets snow. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. It's not exactly. I didn't ride a fucking camel here. Yeah. I'd love to ride a camel. I actually, there's different. There's a lot there's of different lot, regions. Regions. When I tell people I've actually ridden a camel, like, oh, back home, oh. Oh, like, Toronto Zoo, bro. Yeah. I was like five years old. Well, that's just <laughs> jokes. Yeah, that's it. oh, back home, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Was it your family camel? <laughs> <laughs> you park, park it in my garage. Like, yeah, like yeah. man. But yeah, it's. Uh, it seeing, especially looking back at like how that revolution was and the kind of widespread support for it, you you see that here. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of like interesting part. And that's why everyone like you hear the activists and this that and people who have every reason to be cynical, 
You're like, yo, this feels different. Mm-hmm. And it does. It does feel different. Like, you can't necessarily put your finger on, on it. But, like, you feel the pulse and you're like, this does feels off. Yeah, feels 100%. Interesting. And I'd love, like, especially, you know, my parents are, you know, going up there in age. I'd love for them to at least go back. My dad was never That's there the to bury his sister, his brother, his parents. Mm. You know, they never... He... Especially given that I was born here, there was never a risk for like, a, let's say if I visit, they can't say shit and be like, oh, you, mm-hmm. you owe military service. Whereas my two brothers, that was always the kind of fear mm-hmm. that if they visited, they'd be like, well, no, you, you, you have to stay. You have to stay. Who knows? Whatever the reason was. And so it's. Were they activists, your parents? So I think my parent, my dad, when I asked, he's like, no, we weren't even in the streets. <laughs> no, no. So my uh, my dad was in the military. Uh, during the Shah's regime, during the Shah and the Ayatollahs, really? Yeah, yeah. So his went like they pat- just switched up. Yeah, so that was the fucked up part. Um, after he got out of the military, he was also in jail, like military jail, because he just didn't want to serve. Serve. Your dad w- went to the jail. Jail, the military jail. He was okay. a helicopter pilot. Really? Yeah. So he essentially just. But this is how, and this is how it was worded to me. He had to essentially go to like military court. And convince them not that he didn't want to do it, but that he wasn't good enough for it. Really? Because if you say you don't want to do it, they'll just kill you. That's fucking crazy. That's so you have to expe- essentially say like, "Oh no, I don't think they'll kill like, you." They'll kill you, because that's like to them that's like a like uh, what's the military betrayal term? Her- heresy? Kind of. There's like a in, in there's like a military term for it, but it's essentially coward, coward. Yes, desert desertion. Yeah. To them, that's desertion, not on just a uh, honorable level. But on a theocratic level, mm-hmm. like that's you're deserting God. Mm. So to them, that's like you're just whatever. And especially because the Ayatollah is conceived as like the messenger of God's, uh, you know, wishes or whatever the fuck. He had to essentially explain to him, no, I don't think I'm good. I'd be good enough for the Ayatollah at, at this. Oh, he's position. bullshitting. So he yeah. had to bullshit his way out, and yeah. he had paid some fines. And then the second that happened, he just started to get the ball rolling and getting the fuck out of there. Did and he escape? Yes. Turkey. Yeah. So what? Uh, yeah. That's that's like the, that's the you either go there to escape, get hair transplants, or you yeah. know, that's that's pretty much it. You you'll catch me in Turkey soon. But um, yeah. So when when he got out, they were doing like fairly well for themselves. Like for all intents and purposes, they had a house and an apartment. My mom's side. So this is the part where I was like, oh, this is like totally unbelievable, and I don't totally get. So my mom. Her dad died when she was three, her of like natural causes. Her mom died when she was sixteen, mm. so she was raised by like her sisters and her family. Her dad was a colonel wow. of the imperial army. So when the Shah essentially got out of power and the revolution happened, they would come after what were perceived as like puppets for the Shah. People who work with the Shah. They took their land, everything. Mm-hmm. Her, like her family's wealth was gone, mm-hmm. but they were able to keep some of it and. They did. They were doing well for themselves. My dad's friends were, I guess, like protesting or some shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was like t- towards like. Uh, this is later on towards like the. Uh, were they communists? No, no, no. I think my my mom more so was like uh like a like was down for the monarchy. Whereas okay. my dad pro shaw. Yeah, pro shaw. Whereas my dad was just more like, I want like freedom, kind mm-hmm. of thing. Like he didn't fuck with the shaw, but he certainly didn't fuck with what happened after. Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, I'm not too sure exactly what happened, but within that time, they got shot at by military police, like MPs, at like a checkpoint. So my dad they got shot at shot at when yeah the car to escape or no no 
to this day, I actually really don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I, from what I, like, talked to my parents, I think, like, my dad was, like, I think they were, like, heckling them. My dad, like, heckled back like an idiot. Mm. Uh, and they just got their uh, Citron, the car, shot at. And so my mom has, like, a, oh, shit. a thing. My dad has a bullet wound in his foot. And then a couple years later, towards, like, the when the Soviet Union was collapsing, that's when they escaped. That's mm. when, in the middle of the night, they just said to their friends and family, this is us. This is all yours now. So how it would work was there were dudes that would, uh, like, you'd obviously pay this guy for a service, and they would essentially have you escape, mm-hmm. right? So you'd... Yeah, that's what my both my parents did. Yeah, they, they made a fake passport. Yeah, fake Israeli passports. I don't us. know if it was Israeli. Yeah, 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 Maybe. Yeah, yeah. They stole Israeli passports. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was updated by the time because I think, well, when did they escape? 91. 91. 90, 90, so 91. my dad escaped in 83. Like, okay, okay. So yeah, he yeah. came here like just when Scarface came out. Sick. That's yeah. a good time. That's a good and time. then uh, <laughs> I, I'm not sure exactly when my mom escaped, but it was also in the 80s. It was a little um, before that. And yeah, they had to go through this process where they met this guy. He made him a fake passport yeah. or, or something, uh, ID. And uh, they went through Turkey, through these mountains. And apparently, like, my dad told me, like, uh, this, there's, this, there's this guy, like, who's, like, turning on him. It was crazy. Like, That's it's crazy. like, yeah, he told me, like, he told me at one point, like, the, the Turkish government or something, they're all pointing guns at, uh, you know, him. And he was just, like... He's sleeping on the camel because, like, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> that's how they escape. <laughs> no, this is a camel, and uh, he just wakes up and they're all pointing guns at him. And he, his way of kind of like getting out of the situation was like humor. He's like, he's like, you got a cigarette? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, they're like, who the fuck is this guy? And, like, they pushed him off. This dude in Anatolia right now. Yeah. <laughs> so he had a great poker face. You know, that's kind of the one of the things is because like. Um, you know, when you're in, in jail, like you have to kind of like he was like from uh, Ambole, which is kind of like not a village, but it's a little more like rural, I guess mm, you can say. Mm, mm, it's not; it's still a city, yeah. But yeah. it's uh, you know, so they have like funny accents in Persian, <laughs> you know. They, yeah, they talk yeah. like ah, yeah. <laughs> they kind of like almost like it's almost like hillbillies. Oh my God. Persian hillbillies. Yeah, but uh, so he was serious. He was like uh, organizing protests. He's a communist. Sick, he was sick. like you know, like he was um, his like the, the disciple of like one of the main communist guys. I think his name is Torah, but he like died in france um recently yeah we all die in france and now that guy's buried in the the same graveyard as jim morrison but uh that's fucking dope r.i.p but um so he uh you know he he got you know caught up in something and then because um, he's protesting or whatever and they like you know like these street thugs that they hired or whatever these guys that were listening to the you know the, the not tapes. the JRE podcast yeah, but the yeah, Ayatollah yeah. Khomeini yeah, podcast he was the he was the OG JRE. he was the OG JRE even though he's a piece of shit <laughs> they were passing around cassettes because he'd yeah. record them in Afghanistan or France yeah France and France. then they'd pass it around they'd be like yo this guy's woke like, he's spitting facts he's you spitting know facts you it gotta... is not my fault yeah that was like look like you could say whatever you want like they're you know terrible people but he the way they pr- use the propaganda to in, you know enlist all these Muslims was like super grassroots and yeah. maybe the cia had something to do with yeah it. actually it's funny you mentioned they've declassified shit recently yeah and they found out that yeah jimmy carter so apparently again when this was coming out of the oil crisis the shah there was a contract that was coming up yeah and they suspected that he was going to raise the price because he's like well i can hmm. so why wouldn't i 
And so, yeah, there's now indiscriminate proof. Yeah, there's indiscriminable proof that Jimmy Carter met with Khomeini. Really? Prior to it. Met with that motherfucker. Yeah, what a little... He's That guy was so spineless, you know? Jimmy or Khomeini? Jimmy Carter. Oh, Jimmy Carter. Well, both of them. Jimmy Carter. Literally, Jimmy Carty, Carter is known for being the a worst pussy. president. Yeah. Like an, a legitimate vagina. Yeah. Like he 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 had. Well, listen, that's an insult to vagina. Yeah, that's okay? an insult to vagina. Like Jimmy Carter, like he's known as a failure. Yeah. He's kind of like the the first Joe Biden. Almost. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was old then, and he's still alive. Well, yeah, he was seen as an empathetic guy. Exactly. Uh, Jimmy Carter, kind of. You know, people liked him for that, but he wasn't effective. You no, know? and that's why I think so many people are. I think this is, and this is like the liberal, the white. What I mean, white, I mean like Western liberal white people don't kind of understand. It's that we don't want you to be friendly with these people. Mm. Like we're coming, us whomever, are coming here. Because of these people, yeah, don't you brought shake up that their point hand with Michael Moore. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, don't shake their hand and try to get peace. We don't want peace with these motherfuckers. Yeah, we don't. That's why, like, Iranian, a lot of Iranians don't like Obama. They don't like Biden. We hate Obama. We legitimately hate him because they're like, yo, you're doing deals with these guys. You're, you're giving them money to money, kill more people, more of us, and yeah. then you'll turn around and be like, look at these great Iranian immigrants. It's like, bro, you, you piece of shit. Don't use me as a pawn, and then. Use me Not as a talking it, uh, point. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of going all over the place, but the Iran nuclear deal on the part of the Obama administration was one of the stupidest things Dumbest shit. in history because you're literally giving billions of dollars to your enemy not to develop nuclear weapons. And guess what? They still did. They still did. They still did. They didn't give a fuck. They didn't give two shits. They're like, thanks for the cash, bro. Yeah. And now we're going to... And this is the dumbest part. It's like they fund... They don't spend the money on their own people, of course. They spend it on like Hamas, who then attacks israel who gets israel gets funding from the u.s to defend themselves yeah and it's like you do you not understand like you just spent you just made yourself spend so much more money americans money like but that's citizen, the whole part you know of the I mean? game it's yeah, like, like, look at the end of the day they probably have some you know their own foreign policy something, yeah. but the like it's kind of like you know the difference between the globalist agenda yeah. and the nationalist agenda when trump was bringing more like we don't have to spend the money out like yeah, overseas. Yeah. We gotta do it here. We gotta make it great. You know, yeah, yeah. his whole thing was like fuck like foreign wars yeah, and everything. Yeah. And look, Pete, you could say whatever you want about Trump, but he did not do any wars. I mean, yeah. some people argue that he did. Um, he he met with the Taliban and he kind of gave him more power, which kind of led to Afghanistan. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, you know, uh, kinda, the geriatric guy just let him walk out with uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Afghanistan. We literally, or not we, but. Biden literally said, all right, leave the toys, leave the cash, yeah, and yeah, we're yeah. out. That's for sure. And it was a lot of money worth of uh, stuff. But uh, the point is, like, these leaders that uh, elect, that people in the West elect that seem to be nice on camera, like, seem to care about moral values or seem to be the perfect, cute, whatever, are actually doing more damage because these you have to pick the ugly for what it is and not for what it's trying to mask itself mm -hmm. to be which is trump he like we all know he's not a nice guy he was yeah. he was uh you know abrasive you know he talked shit and th that's kind of him and it was it stable i don't know but what we did know is what we were getting yeah but with these people it's like you're always getting involved it's you know what i mean like these democrats no, and you certainly you get the you get the fate oh my goodness like trudeau's the best example of it yeah he, he he says he doesn't first he doesn't actually answer questions like 
like legitimately does not he answer. He just has a script. Yeah. If anyone, like if anyone, especially if you've never, if you're from a different country and you're like, what's all this thing? Go look at interviews of Trudeau when he's asked actually like tough questions. Yeah. And he legit doesn't answer them. It's like mm-hmm. the most remarkable thing in the world. If you see like at CPAC, like where they show the parliament, shit, yeah, they literally kudos to whoever is his like person because like yeah, you, you you found a way. Like you, <laughs> well, he's a drama teacher, you know. Yeah, so he's a yeah. drama teacher, but the, he, <laughs> and a ski instructor. Yeah, exactly. Like we we all saw like Pierre Polyev like asking the same yes or no, yeah. and then it's like ten minutes of him asking like, yes or no, but. I don't want to veer off too too away <laughs> to the West, but the point about the West is like, yeah, we could be these two Persian guys talking shit and like look at our own country, yeah, yeah. whatever. But uh, the point is like I like now I grew up within Canada and I consider myself a Canadian, yeah. and a lot of the issues that happen, you know, um, within this country is from my parents like seeing what happened in their country. Yeah. So it's like I want to prevent it here, here. You yeah. know what I mean? I want to reserve our freedoms here and. This might even veer more so, but like during the like George Floyd protest, for example, yeah, you see what happens when a lot of angry people come together. Extremists, extremists come together for granted, like in some cases, like actual like viable reasons, but with no clear message, with no end goal, with no with carte blanche, especially from certain um, politicians, famous people, people of like clout, to yeah, just do it, yeah, just feel whatever you want, and it's like that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. That doesn't lead to anything good. In Atlanta, it led to hundreds of thousands of black-owned businesses burning down. In yeah. Iran, it led to a bunch of groups coming together with no clear end goal, and it ruined the country. Mm-hmm. And it's like, don't like learn from the people who left for those very same reasons. Mm-hmm. Like we can't, and it's it's not even just us. Learn from people who founded Canada and stuff like that, like the settlers and stuff like that. They left England. They left France. They left a lot of. They left Europe. For Don't learn too reason. much from those guys. Yeah, you might start doing genocide. Yeah, genocide. <laughs> so, but like they left. They left Europe because of like yeah. monarchies were out of control because you legitimately didn't have freedoms and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, this is the, this is a free place. This is a place where you can restart. Well, bring that shit again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's just human. And, and in the name of moralism, that's what the uh, Ayatollah and the Islamic people. Well, you know, the Islamic Republic of Iran, the people that were devout um, supporters of this, they were is all in the name of like morality. It's like, look at what's happened with our country with the Shah, you know, skirts. Yeah, the skirts. And there's no Muslim values. We have no values. And that's the same thing. It's like, look at these people who are white supremacists or like, how dare they say, oh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I don't want too much immigration. Right? I just we want to both, take care of us. Yeah, we're both like people not of color, but we're minority. We got enough color. Yeah, enough. I color. could check. I could check that box. I don't know about me because, like, sometimes, like, I say, like, I'm not, and you're like, you're white, and I'm like, I'm not white, bro. Wait, bro Look at my eyebrows. Yeah, right. Like, come on, man. For me, I, I. I take a tan very easily. Like I, like I fucking hold on to that. Yeah, you shit. look like your this tan is from like four years ago. Four, bro. It's, it's so. And then <laughs> it if stays. I take my shirt off, because I never go out tanning because I don't want to yeah. look fucking. You're pale. Out, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm fucking, dude. Oh yeah. It's bad. Like if I, it's just bad. My mom's fair skinned. My dad's dark. But that's like, that's just how it is with Persian dudes. Yeah. Persian people. And then you get the random Persian guy. You're like, bro, you're white. Yeah, you don't even tan. Oh my god, some of them have blue eyes. Like my sister has blue eyes and blonde yeah. hair. Yeah, and you tell people that they're like, "That's so crazy." I'm like, not really, man. There's like yeah. eighty million people. <laughs> and also, it was a, like some parts were Russia, some parts yes. were yeah, yeah, different yeah. parts. 
but um yeah yeah <laughs> a lot of uh you know we're ranting a little bit sometimes but <laughs> it's okay you know it's like we, we we're just this is this is kind of what's like the zeitgeist you know is just when you see what's going on in iran and you see it like little bits of it happen here you know and all of it is like everything at the end of the day it's like you just have to follow the money you know what mm -hmm, i mean everything mm -hmm. is because of someone else's agenda, but everyone else is just a little toy soldier playing into totally. that person's agenda. Like totally. the BLM thing, BLM, look what Christ. ended up happening. They started buying mansions, everything. And apparently, like, I don't know. I mean, uh, I saw Candace Owens, she like visited yeah. um, the George Floyd's family and they didn't see a cent. Yeah, they didn't, uh, Trayvon Martin. All these families, when people actually listen to them, and this is the weirdest part when that, uh, when George Floyd occurred, like the whole protest, like the amount of people that actively like online were like trying to ignore what their family was saying in the sense of like we don't want like he would not have wanted protest like we haven't gotten anything from mm -hmm. blm mm -hmm. and this is another example of when they don't have a clear end goal yeah and they're all uh, they took away they took this part away from their site but when they're fucking marxists and they want to destroy this is what they said the nuclear family yes yes it's like well, maybe these aren't the best people to listen to. I'm sorry, yeah. but like, hate to break it to you. And this is coming from somebody who I'm not in a rush to have kids or marriage. Like, it's indiscriminately fact. Families, good structure. That's a bedrock of societies. We can't appreciate cultures that come here and they're like, oh, they're so friendly and family oriented or look at their food. It's like, yeah, because those traditional values state their mm -hmm. traditions. Obviously, you want to evolve. You don't want to subjugate people to, you know, anything, any any bullshit. But, like, fuck, just, like, learn from that. You know, like, I, that's really, that's my best way to, like, put it. I don't. You can't yeah. have a, um, you know, it's like the cultural revolution. Like, what happened in China? It's like the same thing happened here, like, during those times of, like, you know, uh, craziness and the protests. It's, you don't want to have some a movement where it's all about trying to defeat racism, but it's actually racist itself yeah. when, you know, you're not like that. The Kanye West thing the other day, you know, like where he will, where white lives matter. Did why you, does that matter? He, he, yeah. Why is it such a big deal? You know, yeah. he's a black man expressing what he wants to, you know, what he believes in, you know? Totally. And it's a noble thing to be like, I want this. I appreciate your life. Like if I put eight Asian lives matter, that would I'm be not fun. saying I'm not saying that ironically. Yeah. You know, if Filipino women want to throw themselves at me, by all means. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, all that to say, he he was probably looking for a reaction. Yeah. Let's be honest. Totally, you know? totally. But like. But who cares? You know, let him do what he wants. You yeah. Know? This shouldn't basic fun like, and this is the worst part. It's like people will find so many loopholes with, I guess the being called racist. What is racism? Like, oh, there's systemic elements. It's like, no, you just added that. Mm -hmm. And even if you really wanted to exhaust every single, like, possible way of them out, to get out of it, like, you're like, no, it has to be systemic. Mm -hmm. Even though that doesn't work on a micro level, like if a Chinese guy owns a shop or vice versa, or yeah. interactions people have, are you, you're, you're just like, oh, no, I'm not racist. I'm everything else. Like, fine. If you're okay with being prejudiced, rude, this, that, or the other, just mean. Like, is that really the hill to, like, die on? That you're no. like, oh, no, I can't be racist. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm this color. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you're just an asshole. Yeah. And you're defending being, a, like, absolute dick. Mm -hmm. Like, you see a video of some dude getting 
beat up during the protests and you're like that happens bro yeah. it's like what like what how is that good how is one innocent person being hurt justifiable to another person like mm-hmm. i don't like where's the justification here what what's truly the end goal and a lot of it man it's division mm-hmm. you know you see a lot of these politicians they took advantage of that they took their photo ops they took that knee to make themselves look virtuous like they give a fuck they pointed the finger at anyone who didn't say anything like somebody can look at what's happening in iran not post or say a single thing but when time comes to vote or do something meaningful in the back of their mind they're like you know what this person or this government wasn't in support of iranian people and their freedoms and they make a difference that is so much more important than any virtual signaling mm-hmm. any hashtag any post that they can make like you know the blackout square we don't need a beige one mm-hmm. you know we don't need yeah, an olive yeah. one to know they are a gold one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know <laughs> as long as it, it, people are aware of it and and i get it because it can get incredibly exhausting you go on social media and then there's like some shit going on everywhere. Ukraine's happening. Yeah. Iran's that You're like, what the fuck's going on? But people just don't care. Yeah, people just don't care. And a lot of it's p- people don't. Have you ever, are you, do you watch Seinfeld? Of course, I'm a huge fan. Do you remember who's wedding the ribbon? What? You remember that episode where the where the, uh, Kramer was wearing for the AIDS walk the ribbon? Oh and the, yeah. And the yeah, Puerto yeah, Rican yeah, yeah, guys yeah. are like, who's You're, not wedding the ribbon? Yeah, yeah, Why yeah, are you yeah. not wedding? They're okay. Chasing down. And he's like, I'm at the march. Is that not? Yeah. I'm walking. Like, yeah, is that not yeah. enough? Don't be those guys. Yeah, that's a good. That's don't a good be those point. guys. Analogy, you know, yeah. just don't be the gay Puerto Rican couple. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Sometimes, but you can still be gay. Yeah, in Puerto you can still Rican. be gay in Puerto Rican. Totally <laughs> fine. Go dance. Go have fun in Church Street. I think it's close by. Have all the fun in the world, but don't be an asshole to people. And mm-hmm. that's where, again, the virtue signaling, the globalist kind of idea comes in. It's like, no, no, no. Canadians need to be second. It's like, yeah. People who are unbelievably well off can say shit like that. They can say shit like, yeah, yeah, just raise taxes. Mm-hmm. Raise the carbon taxes. Even though, uh, I forgot what organization it was, they found out by 2030, Canadians are going to be at a net negative because of the carbon tax. I think really? it's like 60, I think like 60 or 80% of Canadians will be at a net negative. So they'll say, on one hand, no, actually, Canadians are going to make money off of this from the rebates it's like no no that's just for gas Mm -hmm. but for the other consumptions that we have the things that trickle down as a result of organizations uh um, what you buy uh gas companies whatever they have you having to pay more you have to pay more Mm -hmm. and so they found out that you know even though and that's another point but we can use something even more virtuous like the environment the earth Mm -hmm. that's for everyone right but then you can use that exact same thing to Try to divide people, try to make people people feel bad, or try to force people's hand, and that's probably not a good idea either. Mm-hmm. You know, gradual progression is the best progression. Well, you got to start in your own backyard before wanting yes. to change the world. You got to start in your own communities. You got to start with start off small. You know, start off what you can control. You know, mm-hmm. like that's why. It, you have to really get in charge of your own life before you want to start running everything else. You know, you oh. can't just. Uh, want to take the world by the balls when you yeah. you can't even you know your house your own house is a mess you know yeah. when your own life is a mess you yeah, know? yeah how are you expected to make any change if you know your climate change yeah, ah, yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. while you're literally you know We're one of the worst have, polluters yeah not just that but like you your own house like you can't take control of your own life yeah yeah, you know yeah. I mean? no, there's a i think this is gonna sound weird but i think there's like a passage in the bible that says something about that it's like don't you don't comment on another man's yard you 
put your attention to your own. Yeah. And it's obviously back then they just had like fucking huts or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, and you look at Canada, we we put such a focus on like, no, we, we're better than that. Mm. You know, we don't do dirty energy, that's that. We say no to these pipelines. But it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's we all say bullshit. No to these you get pipelines. the money for you get the the oil from the Saudis. Yeah. And the Saudis ship it down. All the oil pollution within the uh, the ocean, everything you know, all that is way worse. Way and worse. Meanwhile, you fly around in your private jets. You go to these big conferences, like all these different politicians. Mm. That's way worse. Way for worse. The environment. And meanwhile, they're trying to put it down to normal people yeah like that are you know lifting the economy regular people yeah. people that are you know the plumbers the the people that are doing construction the people that are you know actually letting your house have light at night you know yeah. the men mostly i know you don't know i know a lot of people think men are useless but i hate to break it to you if you walked here if you turn on a light like there's use there you know what i mean and yeah and it especially goes to um well like men are men are yeah, definitely. Uh, they do more of those dirty They're jobs. They're dirty that jobs, no one you know. Wants to do. And 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 that's the pr- issue too. It's like we we put so much virtue in that that like we ignore the obvious. Like we say no, no one to wants to do those. Nobody jobs. wants to do. It. And yeah, like more so the energy thing too. It's like we say no to a pipeline because it sounds nice, but like even the natives that the pipeline was going through, they wanted it because mm-hmm. like this is jobs for us. This is economic growth yeah, for us. Yeah, we're not. And like look at California when they tried to go electric they have to like shut off hydro because they're like mm-hmm. we can't our grids can't sustain this but and then we turn around and say no you know we're trying to be cleaner and cleaner yeah we'll turn around and get shit from china or mm-hmm. we'll buy produce from mexico because mm-hmm. it's cheaper than growing it here yeah because of the carbon tax everything actually. is yeah, for yeah, yeah. saving face saving face saving yeah. face and trying to make it look good on paper but in reality it's actually it's not it's not better it just looks better and what it does it gives government more control over your life in terms of you know economically you know socially everything becomes tighter it's like this noose that's getting tighter around your neck and there's less and less that you can do to get out of this rut because it's it's everywhere you know that's why you know you're seeing the rise of nationalism within countries like italy and uh you know here with pierre polyev and you know there's trump back then people got tired of him maybe there's gonna be desantis we don't know but uh it's like you could say whatever you want and say these people are any label that you want they seem selfish but the reality is people when they live in a society that their needs are ignored by their own government because they want to fund some war that's happening far away or they want to help other people you know what i mean and it's not helping it's more like they just want to make your life more miserable so you can rely more on the government and live in a society where all you can do is rely on the government and you throw the shit there yeah they're just that's what's going on and you know anytime that's happened in history within china within russia where the government has supreme power people die millions of people go hungry and you live in a society where you can't express yourself, you lose individualism, mm-hmm. you know, for the collective. And I think that's the problem with just social media and society today is that we've lost the sense of being an individual. And the, the people who are deep down individuals, they're, they have, you know, it's, it's harder to have more friends. It's mm-hmm. harder to get better jobs because you have to play the game, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is, you know, the game is dictated by, um, you know, whoever's running the show right now, which is, you know, I, all this to say, it's like, <laughs> um, it's like, you really got to kind of unplug for a second and, you know, and 
kind of take a deep fresh of air because we're, we're all too much just in into these uh, feedback mm. you know? feedback loops yeah and, and it's especially when it comes to like you know nationalism it's just i think sometimes people like are unrealistic with it if like let's just say for example a flood happened or some crazy hurricane happened you have enough food to feed you it's you and your girl and your dog you have enough food to feed you guys for a little bit. That's what Somebody you care enough. about. Yeah. Some, yeah. And that's which should be your job. You take care of those people. But let's say somebody knocks at the door like, yo, really desperate. You'll probably let them in. You'll be like, listen, we have a lot. Take, you know. In 2022, I don't know. No, no, no. But like, let's just, what I'm trying to say in is Toronto, like. In Toronto? In Toronto, like, not. get the fuck out of here, but I don't know you. <laughs> but like, let's say, let's say your neighbor comes by and they're like, fuck, man, uh, my house just got destroyed. I mean, Can my I... neighbor beats his wife. But... Oh, does he? Oh, so fuck that guy. Let's beat him, bro. Let's... <laughs> fuck... I've the cops like three times. Like, they don't do anything. You know? Yeah, literally, legitimately, it's, that's, yeah. that's fucked. But, but let's, but let's, let, let's say, you know, some people do come in and you're like, you know what? We have a lot for whatever reason. We went to Costco. Every time a person comes in, the resources are strained. And at a certain point, your girlfriend's going to be like, well, what the fuck about us? We're the first ones here. This mm. is our home. Yeah. Shouldn't you be taking care of us first? Mm. What's the point of us having all these people here to look good when we can't help anyone anymore? Mm -hmm. Like, there are mil hundreds of millions of people that live in poverty. There are millions or hundreds of millions of people that live in absolute poverty. There is no conceivable way we can take care of all of them. Well, there the, are ways, but I mean, just, like, I mean, as in bringing them in, like yeah. the U.S. takes in a million immigrants per year. Mm -hmm. That's a fucking shit ton of people. But mm -hmm. in no way can we help them by taking them in. What we can do is by providing things that aren't just throwing our shit to them, throwing our pollution to them, throwing, hey, just take care of this. It's like we can have some idea, some agreements without going so far into globalism or that kind of idea while we still take care of people here. Mm hmm. And that's the most important. Canadians. Canadian. I'm Canadian. You're Canadian. Downstairs, a black dude's Canadian. Over there, a white dude's Canadian. We're all Canadian. Mm -hmm. Take care of us first. Mm -hmm. No, I, I yeah. totally agree. That's the priority should be definitely like the homelessness, the drug crisis, all these oh. things that we see on our street. Why do our streets have to look like zombie land, you know? Seriously. And I mean, a lot of places like the U.S. are far oh, worse, yeah, you know? Yeah, way worse. Like, but, it's it's inexcusable. It's in, To have people, like, freeze to death? Yeah. Like, come on, what are we fucking doing? And I mean, we do have things for them, yeah. but, like, there's a lot more that could be done, you know? And I, I don't know if the right resources are uh, being allocated. But, um... We, we went all over the place oh, a little bit. We didn't all focus really on Iran, but... but uh, yeah, when you in the description of the podcast, like we talked about stuff. Yeah, a number of topics was discussed. <laughs> yeah, you're you're actually my foreign policy uh, expert that I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be on CNN like, sad, dude. Sad, dude. like a Trevor Wallace. Yeah, like, sad, dude. <laughs> CNN. Yeah. Trevor Trevor Wallace is the which guy is he? Is he the guy who's like a he does skits? He does skits. You probably he did the Zoomies one where Trevor Zoomies employees. I don't know if you've ever seen that dude. Oh yeah, 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 like, yeah. That, like I'm that dude on some. Yeah, looks... man, I'm a foreign policy guy, man. Yeah, he does the finance, bro. <laughs> He's finance, bro. Oh, that's of shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know this guy. Um, but yeah, man, um, it's it's a uh, it's it's a crazy time we're living in. It's a crazy time, um, especially for young people like us. Yeah, like, it I, is. I, like I, I like I was just you know, it's. Obviously, like you can get into all the conspiracy theories, whatever about like the future, but 
I mean, the best thing you could do is just focus on That's like, your own life, you know? That's it. Because if you get sucked into that, and it's the same thing for like all the, you know, you want to be proactive and whatever. Uh, you could do that, but just don't let it suck your life, you know? Yes. And you look at like people like our parents, like they came here at such a deficit. Mm. But if they were to mope around, you'd be like, oh, woe is me. I don't have the... You just got to like hunker down and just keep walking. It's true. You know, it's like when you're walking home from a blizzard. Yeah. You just, you don't look back and around. You're just like. You got good just, analogies. Yeah, eh? yeah. <laughs> you're quick with the analogies. Yeah. It's the teaching. I have to make analogies for these crackheads. You know, that's, that's literally it. <laughs> you teach crackheads on the I side. Teach crackheads. The I teach crackhead jujitsu. It's an outreach thing. <laughs> Do, have you ever had a crackhead do jujitsu? I've had people in the class that I'm like almost certain do crack. Really? Like, at least dabble it. Bro, I've had people... Dude, I have, like, people at my... At some of the classes. I shouldn't say people. I've had only a handful. Who were, like, reek of alcohol. Yeah. Like, during... And I'm like, dog, it's, like, They're, they're coming out to dog. Yeah, I'm like... Just, I teach a Tuesday class. Yeah. So, like, Tuesday at, like, 8, somebody's reeking of, like... I'm really? talking, like, like vodka. Mm. Like, hard shit. They just want to, like... Uh, you ever watch that movie, Barfly? You know Charles Bukowski, the writer? His whole thing was like the bar, like the like you know the back in the day, like the fifties, sixties, seventies, like the bar culture, like the blues, you know, like yeah, yeah. kind of drinking, you know, and getting into fights. That's 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 it. Like, like what he lived for. It's like I'm gonna. He's like I'm. He's too poor to afford to, to eat food, but he, like he finally eats a meal. He's like now I got the strength to like go get fight. a bar fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing. You're drunk. You're like oh I want to fight somebody. You know. Apparently that was the thing in Persia, eh? They, oh yeah. In ancient Persia. Councilmen would get uh, either like unbelievably drunk. They had like forms of alcohol or really high. Yeah. Discuss an idea. Mm -hmm. And if it were and if they looked at the idea, I'm not even this isn't bullshit. And if they looked at the idea and agreed with it when they were sober, they're like, let's go for it. Okay. This is actually a thing. Like, this is fucking crazy. They would get get, drunk. They'd get shit faced. Think of an idea or like discuss ideas, come up with solutions. And then when they were sober and look back at it, if it still made sense, they would go for it. That's interesting because when you're drunk or like when you've had a couple of drinks, at least for me, I like to have long conversations, you mm-hmm. know, like, you know, that could ask last hours because your brain kind of becomes more flexible. and Yeah, you're more fluid. personable. You can talk better. Yeah. You're, you're, you feel less. Weed, though, is a lot more effective, I think. Oh, than, yeah. You know? Oh, dude. I. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> especially uh, you know, Tenth Planet. We were known for the, for the ganj. Oh yeah. We, there are times, man, where you're just like, bro, class ended an hour and forty minutes ago. Yeah, eh. Yeah, I and mean, you're just there, like, what the. Fuck so what happened? is with uh, weed and jujitsu? Well, I uh, so I think there's a few things because in Brazil, weed for the longest time is like very much frowned upon. It's ironic because, uh, like. If we the Gracie were brothers and all that, yeah. So like they're they're very uh, uh, so what people don't conservative. know conservative in certain aspects. Uh, what people don't know, Gracies are actually Scottish. Really? Yeah, yeah Gracie. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they they were rich Scottish people that came to uh, Brazil. Brazil was at the time just a call up, um, uh, like Brazil at the time was a Portuguese colony and it was the biggest aspect of their colony of mm. their entire empire. And so they would have, you know, Japanese people come in, mm-hmm. people from Lebanon come in, like a lot of... It was like a party. Yeah, it was a party. And they would... And that's and that's why you see so many Brazilian people that are of like Italian descent, this descent, all that type They're of shit. mixed. Mixed. And so they were rich Scottish people that came in there. Mm-hmm. And I... 
they were always known for being very high class. So Brazilian jiu-jitsu, a lot of people don't know this, even though now it's so widespread in Brazil, it was like a rich man's sport. Really? It was very, because who could afford a gi? Who could afford a pearl-weaved gi? Mm. So it was known for being like a very aristocratic sport. The uh, father of Elio Gracie, uh, Carlos Gracie, or, uh, their father, uh, he learned it because he was a businessman, because uh, Jap- Japanese people came here, and, uh, came to Brazil and taught judo, and he sh- he could just afford privates mm. and learn it and teach his kids and va- vice versa, and so, so he he learned jujitsu or he made jiu-jitsu? so Carlos Gracie. So this is the fun. Carlos Gracie um, learned judo. Elio Gracie created jujitsu. Mm-hmm. He adjusted it for more of a smaller framed individual. They say smaller framed. They're all like six foot. They're just skinny as fuck because they eat like fruits and shit. Yeah, yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> And uh, he essentially adjusted it, made different techniques, put more of an emphasis on ground techniques. Mm-hmm. Judo over the years has strayed less and less away of ground techniques and of leg attacks, whereas jujitsu, ironically enough, is actually done the opposite. It's like when you think of grappling sports, you know, you obviously think of like wrestling in a stance, judo in a stance, sambo in a stance. But when you think of jujitsu, it's synonymous with a guard because mm-hmm. that's what differentiates it from wrestling, mm-hmm. from sambo or judo. They don't have, really have any of that. Yeah. Uh, especially in like something like wrestling and uh but yeah so they would uh they were incredibly well-off people they'd have like very they had a gracie diet where they'd eat a lot of like fruits and shit and they were very much away from the idea of meat did they eat meat a little light meat not too much meat so they were always away from the idea of like drugs or this that the other Mm -hmm. and that's very enriched in brazilian culture as well because it's Mm -hmm. like uh drugs are uh there they have a different connotation with drugs it's a lot of violence has occurred from it mm-hmm. it's kind of like japan with tattoos okay you know if you have a tattoos in japan it's more seen as like criminality whereas here it's just you just have a tattoo yeah uh so yeah and, and in brazil um it's odd because like in brazil me and you can go to a pharmacy and mm-hmm. go buy test mm-hmm. like testosterone it is not a like prohi- steroids steroids it's not a prohibited like substance like that but which Testos- is weird. But testosterone like is only bad when it comes to competitive Exactly. Issues. So it's it's, it's so not it's not like a I don't know, I could be full of shit, but I know like when men get like in their fifties they Yeah, they it totally totally and it's and, and that's the thing, like it's it's one of those like but uh, te- you, is if, testosterone different from steroids? So steroids is a group is a subgroup of PEDs or performance enhancing drugs. Steroids are essentially androgenic um uh, uh what's what's the word what, why am i blanking out um hormones so they make you like heart inflate and stuff yeah right? yeah so uh steroids are just essentially a group of peds that are uh, hormones so mm-hmm. testosterone taking testosterone like let's say if you're on trt which is like an individual you just described someone who's an older man whose testosterone yeah, levels it's like what joe rogan's on probably yeah, yeah. he he's he takes Joe Rogan particularly takes like HGH human growth hormone. HGH. Yeah, yeah that's human, what I heard is like bad. No, that can be bad. It's just again a lot of the issue with what you see is like the extremes of it. Like bodybuilders do do like yeah. die when they're thirties, but what you don't really notice are like famous people who take HGH, who take yeah. tests, who take finasteride for their hair mm-hmm. to grow their hair back. And even though for normal folk that would kind of lessen your t- t- uh, your testosterone, they can go on. TRT clinics so they have the hair they have the test and all that type of shit you ever notice like most people are bald but then when you look at like actors you're like 
a handful of them are bald. They're mm-hmm. losing their hair. It's not because they just don't have that gene. It's because they mm-hmm. can work around it. But uh, as for... <laughs> or they Mero, can go to Turkey. They can go to Turkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what um, 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 Matthew McConaughey did. He went to Turkey. Google Matthew McConaughey's hairline from the 2000s to what it is now. It's not like... That's not the same person. Matthew McConaughey. Old hairline. Because his hair is like famous. His hair is famous. Go look at it before. He had the hor- He had the Norwood 3. Oh, yeah. Like It's like hillbilly. Kind hillbilly. Of. Like, it's, like it's, you know, it's just a man losing his hair, right? But the reason, uh, the roundabout way of going about this was um, the reason marijuana is so big in uh, jiu-jitsu isn't from the Brazilians. It's from when the Brazilians moved to California. Because mm-hmm. in California, uh, there's a huge, you know, surf culture and, you know, marijuana culture. And that's where having so many students and having so many academies in California, that's where the marijuana kind of came in mm-hmm. into play. You know, surf culture, that's where the sh- uh, sh- uh, uh, chakra or chakra, whatever the fuck it is. In Brazil? No, that's why you see so many people do that. Okay. It's because of, of the surf culture that came from Hawaii. Oh, okay. Yeah, and yeah. San Diego and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And so that's probably, that's why it's such a big thing mm-hmm. also with the 10th planet particularly eddie bravo is just a big weed advocate mm. and having the main guy especially so early on when weed av- advocacy in like 2003 wasn't as big as it was maybe five years ago that's essentially well, it really what about the performance of jiu-jitsu itself did you think like a person who's smoking weed has an advantage over someone i, I don't know if it's an advantage it's just like okay like for like me i mean um I find like if I smoke or anything, like my lung capacity gets worse. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, recently like I went to uh, jujitsu. Dude, my chest has been killing me. Oh, I don't know yeah. if it's from people like sitting on my chest or. Do you ever get that? Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be. What uh, is that? It could be. Uh, like, a, it, it could be a lot of it is too is the rounding of the shoulders, the kyphotic posture. Uh huh. So what ends up happening? A lot of times people think, oh, I have like really tight upper back. Must be something around my back. When in reality, it's your chest. Uh-huh. Especially when you're in this kind of posture, which Maybe. we're in, what I thought it, it's like someone sitting on my. So chest. what it, what ends up happening is your pecs shorten and they tighten. And what that does, because your shoulders just a socket, is it comes forward. Yeah. And so that creates a lot of tension. It could also be like an acute injury, yeah, like someone fell on them or something like that. Mm. But that would be more what you're describing is really just tightness of the chest. So if you have a you lacrosse think? ball, because it feels like almost like my bone. I don't know. I don't know. Like, is it closer to like? The insertions. It's like right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like closer to the insertions. Does it feel hard to breathe? Sometimes. Sometimes. Do it's you, more like, it, like it's, I don't know, like this right now. It's like, oh. I yeah, like so that's probably, yeah, you probably just have like super duper tight. Yeah? yeah? Yeah, yeah, Which is a good thing. That's better than like, and this is the interesting thing with the body. Like you can legit be like, nah, bro, this doesn't feel right. I feel like I just got to like stretch yes. like, for an hour. Get, get a lacrosse ball. A lacrosse ball. A lacrosse ball. It's a hard ball. You can get it on Amazon for like five bucks. Okay. And then you just open up your back and you just start doing glides. Oh, yeah. Your upper chest, and it feels outstanding. Really? And then you turn it around, do some of your rhomboids. Because I've been benching like two plates That's too. Okay, so that's probably, yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, yeah. that's probably it. You're overworking your front delts. You're overworking your pecs. Yeah. I, I would, if I were you, massage it a little bit. Try mm-hmm. to do more like kind of corrective posture exercises. Just mm-hmm. a little bit. And do a lot of like upper back rowing, so like pull ups. It's true. I've been slacking on the back. Pull things because remember the shoulders. The reason they're such extraordinary joints is what is their fault. Mm-hmm. 
you know, it's kind of like a, a people, for example, or, or Western society. It's always moving. It's always changing. And because of that, it's always a victim to what's around it. Because it's in a socket, if you have issues with your back or with most people have a kyphotic posture, that rolling, that rounded shoulders forward, yeah. it tightens. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it, because of that, people have difficulty re- raising their arms overhead or have shoulder issues. You that's why shoulder and hip issues is probably the most common things with jujitsu practitioners Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because that is it bad posture is good posture for grappling Mm -hmm. yeah well fuck you just uh gave you a grocery list yeah yeah just um open up the chest i'll I'll send you a bunch of like i just realized i had my high vis shit uh just uh i'll send you a couple like exercises and stuff like that super simple shit and you'll feel like a million bucks out better okay cool yeah Cool. Well, uh, on that note, uh, thanks for coming on Thank the podcast. Thank you so much, brother. Uh, Appreciate it. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed. I know it's been a while. I've been slacking on the episodes, but you know, here we are. You know, it was just an important uh, episode to get on. Talk about Iran. I know we went all over the place, but you know, mm. we shut the shit. We, we ran shut. with it. Yeah, this is like the first <laughs> time we formally get to know. Yes. You know? Yeah. No. It, I've always it's always been like informal in between classes. Yeah, like, yeah, it was yeah. such a pleasant surprise to see you in my Tuesday class, which is really nice. It's gonna be moved. When in the new location to Saturdays. Okay. So cool. Saturdays, I'm I'm gonna finalize the time. Saturdays are for the boys. For the boys, exactly. Yeah. And it's gonna be uh, basically an empty gym. So bring the disco ball, bring the lights. We're partying, bro. Awesome. Yeah. And if you're from uh, anywhere like Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu, it's a it's a, it's like they're all over the, the the globe. So you can join your local Tenth Planet Jiu Jitsu. So yeah, you, yeah awesome. Thank cool. Thank you so man. much, really. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you cool. so much, man. Awesome. <laughs>